Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Sparks. And we are back because there's more Star Wars stuff to talk about. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, actually. Yeah. Um, I think we'll do quick hits on most of it. Got a new Rogue One trailer. Got some other stuff as well. Um, we should probably say, you know, R.I.P. Kenny Baker up the top. Yeah, we should definitely say R.I.P. Kenny Baker. R2-D2. Off into that great beyond. He's he's up there. He's eighty something. Yeah, up into the droid afterlife, which mm-hmm. hopefully doesn't look like that scene in Jabba's palace. Which scene? Where they're I just imagine them turning oh, or like, Kenny Baker upside down and branding his feet. <laughs> oh, that's pretty horrible. Yeah. I uh, I'm always fascinated about these these old thespians who are forced to work together because of things like this, but they fucking hate each other. Oh, like him and Anthony Daniels. Well, like, uh, like Nimoy and Shatner. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, they have to say something nice about each other when one of them invariably passes away first. Uh, but I just love that. Could be like your lot in life is you're just literally stuck with this person mm-hmm. <laughs> trotting through the desert wasteland that is your careers, but happier. Well, that was a fitting tribute to Kenny, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, Star Wars Rebels news. Did you ever watch Rebels? Like the first one. Like the first episode, you mean? Yeah. 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 They're bringing Thrawn in. How do you feel about that? Um, Did you ever read those books like entirely? I read the, the first trilogy. The okay. first time he's on trilogy. Like... That seems interesting to me just because he's basically been excised from uh, the extended universe canon that was because that no longer exists. So I just – I know how much you like the guy who does Rebels. So I can only imagine mm. how much you're looking forward to his version of Thrawn. Well, they're bringing Timothy Zahn back to write a new Thrawn book and supposedly they've like talked to him or whatever about how to portray him in interesting. the show. Because but, he, he needs a talking to. That's what Timothy uh, Zahn needs. On the other hand, the guy who runs Rebels, Dave Filoni, I just I can't stand. I know a lot of Star Wars fans love him because he jerks them off and like gives them a bunch of fan service, but I'm just not into it. Throw him out the airlock. That's my feeling. <laughs> I just, everything he does is so trite and formulaic. I just, uh. And so there's like a, a story group that they that decides a lot of this like non-movie stuff, right? There's a Lucasfilm story group that's made up of seemingly any current filmmakers plus some of their own just like staff writers plus people like Dave Filoni and that uh, glorified webmaster guy Pablo Hidalgo. Like they're all in this story group that's supposedly keeping track of the continuity and making sure the new canon has no contradictions or retcons in it, which I mean they've already fucked that up, but whatever. Right. He's uh, that Pablo guy. He's the one who's like answering – He's the one who won't shut the fuck up on Twitter. That's that like Pablo guy. Answering lineage questions definitively on Twitter, which is where I where I tune in for my Star Wars news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't help offering his own opinions and, and thoughts on, you know, like lingering mysteries from The Force Awakens. It's like, dude, just shut up. Just, that's the the rule you, or the lesson you should have learned from J.J. Abrams. Just like don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because I feel like Rogue One is, is really where like their bullshit comes like swirls around, you know. How do you mean? Well, I mean, because of Rebels and everything, it's more in their wheelhouse. Um, 
I would think that like JJ should be like, are you guys going to have that? I don't, I don't, I don't care. You know, JJ and uh, uh, Ryan Johnson, like, you guys can have that, but mm-hmm. like 30 years in the future, keep your grubby fucking hands off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there have already been books written and comic books and whatnot about the kind of timeline right around a new hope, mm-hmm. seemingly not referencing anything that we're seeing in rogue one here. So, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, Thrawn, uh, they didn't give him the dark red or the red eyes. That's kind of annoying. Mm. Um, and I'm sure because it's rebels, they'll turn anything interesting or sophisticated about him into kind of this like watered down mush where the rebels have been cornered and there's like 50 stormtroopers with, you know, blaster pistols pointed at them. But then when they all fire, they all miss because that's that's rebels in a nutshell. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, would you Would you be ten percent more interested in Rogue One if it was Thrawn, as played by the guy from uh, Dark Knight Rises? Uh, yes and no. It It would seem fan servicey, I guess. Like it wouldn't really make <laughs> more, sense. More so than this movie already is. Yeah. Yeah. More so than already. The uh, most expensive Star Wars fan movie ever made. And to me, I wouldn't burn Thrawn up on. Uh, a movie like this. I mean, I, th- I feel like we all know that uh, Orson Krennic there is going to like get killed by Vader at the end of the movie or something, right? Uh, for you know failing in his task. Well, I mean, he's like a glorified project manager. Yeah, <laughs> he's the head of construction. Uh, I just like I want Vader just to dress him down and just be like, "You think you're worthy of a cape?" <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, that's a bold fucking move to add a cape to your your all-white uniform in the Empire. Especially when you're, like, a project manager. I mean, the the trailer would lead you to believe that there's just going to be this ex- fucking orgy of an explosion of, like, light and dark imagery, like, thrown in your face. A lot of shadows. A lot of shit coming out of the shadows at you. And here's this out. You got, like, the fucking, what do they call them, death troopers? Like, the all-black stormtroopers? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then here's this fucker in a white uniform. And a cape. And a cape. And he doesn't even think like, oh, I'm walking through water. I'll just drag my fucking cape through it. That's how badass he is. Yeah. All right. Well, um, there was the sizzle reel for Rogue One. I don't know if there's a ton to discuss in that. Other than that, you do see an actual like different planet than the two they've been showing. Mm. There's like quick shot of, uh, I think it's supposed to be uh, Jin Erso's homeworld. It's mm. just like grass. Um, by the way, that's still a terrible name. Jin Urso? Urso. Urso. Mm, bad. It sounds like a shrug. Okay. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, I'm just not feeling this complaint, but... Uh, it's like Jin Urso. <laughs> like this was an exclamation as they were trying to like look at the whiteboard for other names? It just, I don't know, the way it rolls off the tongue, I feel like it's just not good. Mm. That's a nitpick, I, I'm aware. But. Uh, I'm trying to think, other than iRobot, has Alan Tudyk played other mocap characters? Because I feel like this is going to be where he ends up. I think he has. I, I think he's done, like, video game stuff. Okay. And, like, voice acting. Okay. I want, like, the, the mocap thing where Alan Tudyk just plays Nathan Fillion. Mm. <laughs> CGI Nathan Fillion onto Alan Tudyk's performance. But, you know, let's get real. Skinny Nathan Fillion. 
Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, shall we talk about the new trailer? Might as well. Overall thoughts on it? Most expensive fan film ever. Um, it's fine. It's just like, it doesn't feel overwhelmingly like a Star Wars movie to me, which I know to some is the, the thing that they love about it. It just seems like it's a thing set in the Star Wars universe. Well, I feel I, like when you when you say it doesn't feel like Star Wars, it's a really pernicious thing to say, and yet I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. some people would disagree, of course, but I, oh, I think it's the music. Personally, I think the music is what makes it not really I, feel Star Wars. I would love to have an MP3 of that version of the Imperial March. It just it's gonna seem weird in the movie, I think, um, especially since it's so like, like downbeat. Yeah. I, I and I get, I get to me. It's always been so strongly associated with like Vader as well, and I just wonder: Is Vader gonna feel like the uh, uh, reshoot afterthought that he probably is? <laughs> you know what I mean? When Mister like White Cape was like, Oof, the studio's like, this guy is just ugh. We gotta get a fucking Vader in here, <laughs> make this scary. Um, I don't know. I mean, I do. I do like the Felicity Jones character. I, I'm fascinated by the fact that she's so much smaller than everyone else. Um, she's like the thing I'm going to be looking forward to most. See, I'm not movie. feeling her at all so far in these trailers. Hmm. Uh, she's she's like, I feel like she's getting the kind of performance here that you usually would see from like a a male character where it's just a lot of like stoicism, um, a lot of attitude. So I'm I'm very curious to see how how she plays out in snippets that are longer than trailer size. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just, I feel like I'm watching like somebody's like Kickstarter audition for a uh, star Wars fan movie. It's a lot of like shit coming out of the shadows. Oh, but I mean like, so we were nitpicking before, um, force Whitaker's character. Like it's been 17 years of the empire. Like everyone in this movie is probably been around since before the empire. It's they're aware. Like they don't need a speech about how better things were, I don't think. But the empire slags reign all over the galaxy that. Yeah, it does seem weird that they're like trying to establish like their dramatic stakes or something. I don't know. I I found this trailer to be much like the other one, very trailerly. I think the other the teaser is actually better than this trailer personally. Hmm. Um it seems so blah to me. It just seems so linear. It's like, here's a mission, and you go do the mission. Like, there, Jin Urso, her character there, her first line is literally, let's just get this over with. Yeah, not good. Which I feel like that's a bad line to put in a trailer. Not good, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, watching that first like Super Bowl trailer for Mission Impossible 2. 50 years ago. Or he's like, and, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. Don't end a movie with, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, everything in your trailer becomes a meta statement. That's kind of the point of it. Mm-hmm. So don't fuck that up. <laughs> I mean, this trailer is basically like, here's some dialogue establishing or at least attempting to establish like the timeline. And then it's like, here's a quick line of dialogue from each of our characters after they're given a mission, you know, like, and they're basically like saying their character's number one trait, you know, like the empire destroyed my home. It's like, okay, we know what that guy's deal is. And then the guy's just like, you know, the force will guide me or whatever he's saying. You know, it's like, okay, and the one we guy's know. like, I've got a thick accent. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then it's like, oh, the the droid is uh, kind of like three PO but meaner or something. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't totally know, it yeah. feels really obvious. I guess. See, the, to me. the trailer should have started with something where like it's her. She's been captured by Vader, and he walks up to her and just like stares at her and just says something like, "I'm going to show you something you've never seen before." You know, that's like then, that's like, kind like, of filthy. But well, then he like blows up a planet. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's is it this dude's blind? He has like Jedi inspired martial arts or something. But he's not a Jedi. I don't know about being able to fight stormtroopers in armor. I feel like if you hit a stormtrooper with a stick, it would just bounce off their armor. I mean, is this gonna be uh like he's from like the Mass Kanata school where he just feels the force, but he doesn't declare Jedi or so? Something like that. He he worships the force, I think. I mean, we can go into the uh the character descriptions a little being bit. a force fanboy will guide my actions mm-hmm. i uh, am the internet personified but you think about the force awakens trailers and ha- like i'll bet without without looking you can probably tell me exactly what the opening shot of each of those trailers was because wow. they're all iconic in their own way i don't remember off the top of my head now um, really yeah well that's too bad yeah but can you tell me the opening shot of this trailer um, is it the uh, the like shot of like the cityscape and the uh, the X wings flying over it? Oh, uh, there's some Tie Fighters. It's Tie it's fighters, just this city. Like it to me, it's such a weird opening shot. It's just like here's well, a city. It's, it's Imperial Urban Sprawl. <laughs> Look I mean, at the, this. The Force the Awakens pollution. The Force Awakens had the uh, you know John Boyega popping up over the sand dunes. It had uh, the, yeah, the yeah. long shot of the uh, crashed X-Wing and Star Destroyer in the background. And it had uh, Ray, you know, with her. Oh, popping her, in the view of the goggles and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, like all very like and just very specific. Like I know exactly why they open this way. Whereas this one is just like, here's the city. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It just seems so like as a trailer, not, not necessarily the movie, but the way the trailer is constructed to me seems very boring. Maybe the movie will still be good, but I feel like these trailers are kind of uninspired, personally. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fucking holdover, I think, to episode eight, which is not what I want from these other, these off-year Star Wars movies. This doesn't bode well. Well, I find the conversation about these movies interesting because there's this whole contingent of fans now who are like anti-Force Awakens, and they're all like, oh, this looks great. You know, The Force Awakens was just a, a nostalgia rehash, unlike this movie that's like literally pure nostalgia. Yeah. Which it's such like a weird thing. They're just like, oh, I hated seeing the X-Wings in The Force Awakens, but I'm totally glad that there's shots of X-Wings in this movie. Right. It's like like a weird cognitive dissonance. I don't know. This movie to me feels like people like playing with your action figures. Yeah. Like people, like so much of the conversation is like, oh my God, the effects look great. It's so great to see these new environments in Star Wars as if like The Force Awakens would have been like just fine with them if they just had like different locations to shoot on. This reminds me of uh, uh, back in that like dark period where we were uh, dark, but like hopeful Mm -hmm. period where we we knew that Disney had bought Star Wars. We literally knew fucking nothing, like not even a director yet. And people would do those Photoshop uh, posters oh, yeah. mm-hmm. of like the the battle scarred uh, uh, star destroyer like sinking into an ocean, mm-hmm. and it's like someone looked at that and was like, "Let's make a fucking movie out of that." Yeah, that whole like war aftermath, like that business. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, like it's maybe maybe a little too hard on the wars in Star Wars is my feeling. I I don't get the gushing over this uh, Jedha planet, the one it's like a Mesa kind of. Right, yeah. Like people are just like, oh my god, that's amazing! Like, why couldn't Jakku have been like that? It's like so it's canyons instead of just desert. Like I I need a little bit more than like the environment is slightly different in order to get excited, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least the the shot, and it wasn't even in the trailer, it was in the sizzle reel of the um, stormtroopers walking through the water. Uh-huh. That was at least like a really striking image. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. There's one shot in this trailer of like their little ship, like flying through like this like massive destruction all around him. Uh-huh. Or like seemingly like the planet's collapsing. That is a cool shot. I'm looking around. There's a lot of cool shots. There's a lot of gorgeous imagery in this. It's just, uh, it doesn't feel right to me in a lot of regards it just seems weird to me that people are trying to use this as an example of like well this will be so much better than the force awakens because blank and seemingly all they can really come up with is because like there's like populated cities or Uh something yeah i just don't i don't feel i don't think that the force awakens was something that it was like a failure and thus needed something to be better than it yeah. to save it. Um, well, and this idea that like, like you, you realize it's all the same, like Lucasfilm art department and ILM effects team, right? Like, it's not like, like they like brought in new people to, to do this. that didn't work on the force awakens. Yeah. I just don't want this to be star Wars as a suicide squad. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, what do you think about this shot at the end with her walking on like the, I don't know, the landing plank pad or plank the, or whatever that is? Yeah, Tie Fighter. Um, she looks like she's got like a little limp, like she's mm-hmm. like been in a fight, like she's pissed. And she looks kind of tough. I like it. I wish it was a wider shot. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's fucking annoying. Like, there's a shot where she's like freaking out in the back of the. I'm going to assume the U wing and the guys mm-hmm. going to hyperspace. Yeah. And it's like the hyperspace effect is so not. Not uh, prioritized like you would see in every other Star Wars movie, which I think is is interesting. There's a lot of this stuff where it's like that's a cool shot. I wish I could see more of this aspect. Mm. Yeah, this this shot of her walking towards a Tie Fighter. I feel like it should just be wider. I mean, that's just a preference, but yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of handheldness. Yeah. I you know it doesn't help that I watched Godzilla or at least tried to watch it not that long ago. I got like 20 minutes in. Mm. That movie is boring as fuck. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like before this trailer, everyone is like, "Well, we know Gareth Edwards is like a pretty good visual director, but can he tell a story?" And after this trailer, the only thing people are talking about is like how cool some of the shots look. Yeah, it's like, "Ooh, upside down Death Star." It's like that's neat and all, but what about what about like, do I care about any of his characters? So far, I don't. Nope. Nope. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of how they plot this movie to make it interesting. Because it kind of seems like the movie is just like, hello, you know, feisty rebel. We have a mission for you. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, okay, I will recruit people and go on this mission. And then they complete the mission and probably all die at the end. Like I, I'm having a hard time getting excited about the narrative. Like what, yeah. what, what can you do in this? It's interesting. I mean, I know there's some stuff about like kyber crystals and whatnot, but. Oh God, no. Oh yeah, so it's ah! the the Jedi planet. Uh, have you read anything about that? No, no. It's basically like Jedi Jerusalem or something. Like <laughs> it's like holy holy Jedi planet where they uh, 
they do a lot of mining of kyber crystals there. And okay. I think the rumor is that um, the Empire needs those for the Death Star super laser weapon. Okay. And so they're occupying the place. That that's the like the plateau kind of grimy planet where all the all the city shots basically just look like like you know most icely. That's dumb. Yeah, that that's the kind of stuff they're adding to it, and and the whole thing where like her dad designed the Death Star weapon. Oh, Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. And like, I don't really understand why that needs to be there. Wait, he designed the what? It's it, it, it's it, he is like an imperial scientist who designed the Death Star super laser. Okay, the laser itself. Yeah. Because I was gonna say, I believe I've seen Attack of the Clones. Something tells me we're not gonna see Geonosis in this movie. Yeah. What a shame! I would love to see like a like a mean old Geonosian like mm-hmm. walking up a stick and like his wings don't work anymore and he's pissed because <laughs> you know the Empire came in and fucked up his planet. <laughs> I don't know. I just I feel like there's a certain kind of Star Wars fan. Well, maybe this is a better way to put it. I think if you boil it down, you can file, and you know, this is somewhat reductive, but I feel like if you could boil it down, you can file every Star Wars fan into one or two categories world building fans and storytelling fans. Oof. That's and I, probably true. I feel like the, the f- fans who are really into world building, this is their movie. So those would be like all of the like the Knights of the Old Republic garbage. They just people. they just want to know more about the, the wider world of Star Wars, as opposed to fans of the storytelling who are like what happens next? Basically, there are the people who were like, "Oh, uh, this was interesting, but I wish it were a tabletop game as well." Or, or they're like, "I wish we got more about the state of the galaxy in the Force Awakens. We should have seen more populated planets." And yet, they complain when they throw in all those extra inserts at the end of uh, Revenge or Return of the Jedi, with people celebrating. Well, these these people probably wouldn't complain about that, though. But I, I feel like I, I think broad, I, broadly speaking, I feel like there is that divide. Like, do you really want like some people don't want new stars. They just want to kind of fill in the details of what's already there. I think that dichotomy, that uh, thing that cancels out the other or whatever, like that's that's lives within most Star Wars fans, though. Mm-hmm. They hate this thing, but they also have an example where they love it. Yeah. You know? uh, but they don't they, they can't connect the two. Well, there's this whole stupid post on Reddit where it's like, I love that, uh, unlike The Force Awakens, there's all these like really great sweeping cinematic shots in the trailer. And people are like, what are you talking about? Like, here's sweeping? like, here's a bunch of different examples of the same type of shot in The Force Awakens. And it's like, all the guy could really come down to eventually was that like, he liked that there were cities. That was like all he had. But I mean, yeah, I get that. But I, I wouldn't say anything is like particularly sweeping, too. That depends on how you define sweeping. Yeah. <sighs> it needed more of the one guy like the one stormtrooper gets blown and like flies and spins in the air <laughs> just bring that well, guy doesn't, back in every movie it doesn't seem super fun which I mean I, I wonder you know there's all those rumors of reshoots initially this was billed as this is going to be like super gritty kind of hardcore Star Wars movie and then they did these reshoots where the rumor is that like they saw this kind of like harder, more humorless Star Wars movie, and we're like, "Well, this isn't fun." So I don't know what we're gonna get. Scary overall. thing, that was the same shit that brought in the reshoots of Suicide Squad. I know, I know. Which is, 
yeah, Rogue One Suicide Squad or Suicide Squadron, you know. Um, do do Gareth Edwards and David Ayer and Josh Trank, do they have just like a uh, like fire directors club mm-hmm. <laughs> where they sit around in like uh, Tommy Bahama shirts and bitch and moan? I wonder just where some of these scenes fit into the idea of stealing plans because it doesn't seem very subtle so far, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, is it all like, is the plan like all distraction? Let's just blow shit up. Mm-hmm. Well, and is there a reason that they had to recruit the daughter of the Imperial scientist in order to steal them? I don't know. Um, Does this dude have a jetpack on his back? What is this fucking like canister he's carrying around? Uh, weapons or something. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. Could be like for a flamethrower, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Which seems to score a hit on the AT-ATs, which I... Well, it, it hits, but it, if you really look at it, the AT-AT just seems to kind of like shrug to the side. Like, uh, I guess we'll see whether... or I think it's actually technically like an ATCT or some nonsense like that. But Whoa, nice. Yeah, we'll see whether or not that uh, explosion actually does anything to it or if it just shrugs it off. Because if, I mean, if it works against that, you're like, well, why didn't the Rebels do that in Hoth? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't they know to do that in Hoth? <laughs> like, wouldn't the, wouldn't this have been written down by somebody else? Uh, you knew that off the top of your head. I just read this. It's A-T-A-C-T. A-C-T, wow. yeah. That's... Because they're like cargo transports or something. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, it's not, to me, the most menacing shot of Darth Vader too at the end like it doesn't it doesn't put that into me at all it's just like hey Vader's gonna be in it because I mean I feel like prequel haters really complained about the uh, copious shots of like Death Star plans Mm -hmm. in those last two prequel movies so you're just having Darth Vader like stare at it I mean is this like Darth Vader getting revenge for like uh, prequel haters is that what this is I mean I don't know I mean I would if I were the filmmakers, I feel like I'm not putting Darth Vader in it unless he's going to fuck some people up. Yeah. I don't yeah, yeah. I don't like if if all he's there to do is like yell at the Krennic and like force choke him at the end. That yeah. seems kind of boring to me. What well, waste of his time. Mm-hmm. Plus, like. It, the, the power dynamic of Darth Vader to me is really in question, though, because of New Hope when he's like still kind of at times it feels like under the, Tarkin's leash. Yeah. yeah, under Tarkin's leash. And it's like. I've read some of the more recent Vader comics where, uh, like, Vader's working his own power plays because he knows the Emperor's upset with him. And it's, like, not where I want Vader to be, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, like, every time I think about, like, okay, so they're making a Death Star Plans movie. I don't really agree with the concept, but, like, if I had to do this, how would I do it? And I start trying to think of, like, what, you know, what kind of plot to tell or or how to tell a story. And I feel like halfway through my, like, imaginary brainstorming i realized that i'd rather just watch a new hope you know i'm like well what if it's about trying to get away with the plans and like oh wait no we're just talking about a new hope yeah yeah like i i I know it annoys some of our listeners but i i failed to see the drama in something that was basically explained away in one paragraph in the opening crawl if it was important, that's what the New Hope would have been about. Which I will, I will, I will give your your long battled argument. Mm-hmm. This 
that sentence, like, uh, I knew your father in the Clone Wars, like, is, is almost still as valuable on its own to all three of the prequels. And mm-hmm. I say this as somebody who, who did enjoy the prequels, but like, just the everything that can be conjured up in your imagination from that one sentence. Well, it's still, still just as valuable. It's <laughs> not I that mean, it's not that I hate the prequels or didn't enjoy them. I just feel like there's a there's a a ceiling implied on any prequel story you're telling that it's just not going to have the same impact because you're necessarily just filling something in, especially when it comes to movies. I think different mediums, like a TV show, can do a flashback episode that kind of like you know, really like informs like a, a character you haven't learned much about yet. Like, I think it can be really effective in other mediums, but when you make a movie, you're making a decision. Okay. This is the important story to tell. And we're going to, we're just going to kind of reference this other stuff. Cause it's not as important. If it was really important, you would have made the movie about that instead. Well, that's my, that's my point is that mm-hmm. the same mentality that would go into that flashback episode of TV where we're going to take that thing, you know, and we're going to expand on it so much to earn this prequel, uh, in the prequels, while they certainly did do some of that, it still didn't reach the thing where it became more valuable to me than like, I knew your dad and I fought with your dad in the, the clone wars, like, it just rose up to be exactly equal to that to me. So oh, I, I just wonder like if you, if instead of the prequels, you just had like 10 minutes of flashbacks interspersed throughout star Wars, would, would you basically accomplish the same thing? Yeah. Quite like, could you, could you quite possibly tell the story of the downfall of Darth Vader better in five minutes than you could in, so, you like know, if Empire uh, Strikes 360. Back been, if Empire Strikes Back had been Godfather part two. Or no, more if like if when they have that conversation between Luke and Obi-Wan in Return of the Jedi after Yoda dies, it's like here's a, a five-minute flashback to Anakin's fall and then rise to Darth Vader and the final fight between him and Obi-Wan. Like I feel like you, you could flashback to that and like montage it and you basically accomplish everything you would need, everything that the prequels did accomplish, you know? I mean, I, would, I wouldn't do it in just one chunk. I would do, like, maybe no, a bit you, there, mm-hmm. and maybe a bit with, like, Vader doing something in Revenge of the, or Return of the Jedi. And, you, like, you could pace it all out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but quite possibly. Um, and I, I want somebody to go do that YouTube video now. Go do mm-hmm. that Topher Grace cut. <laughs> I think somebody might have done something like that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to say somebody did the the scene where uh, you got that wonderful sly Alec Guinness smile in A New Hope, uh-huh. and someone did a bunch of flashbacks right there to like things he was talking about. Yeah. Um, which, unfortunately, again, it's Alec Guinness's like uh, playing his cards really close to his vest is what saves a <laughs> lot of stuff from uh, mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith. Well, I just keep wondering. It's like, oh, it's a story about how they steal the Death Star plans. It's like. They steal them. Like I, the only question is like who dies in this movie? Like which of these characters that you don't know and don't care about dies? Yeah. Well, I mean, especially in this climate, like, do you want to create a character who hopefully is amazing in Jin Urso and then kill her at the end of the movie? I don't have very high hopes for Jin Urso personally. But I, mean, I have if, not been feeling anything Felicity Jones has been doing in any If she things. is just mind blowing fucking perfect in this movie. Do you then want her to like die? Well, then you do the uh, the Empire captures her and freezes her in carbonite, and then uh, she wakes up in time for episode nine or something. I don't know. She's like, um, "Hello, Ray. Yeah. I'm not your anything. We're not related at all. Got that, fans?" <laughs> well, here's a question: mm-hmm. 
why is this called Rogue One? Because she's a Rogue One. But like to me, if you're if your movie's called Rogue One, based it should on, be a, a contingent of fighter like fighter pilots. Maybe maybe we'll get this eventually in like a third trailer. But it seems like it should have come in this trailer. Like okay, this movie's called Rogue One. We know that Rogue One is like the call sign of Rogue Leader, the squadron. So Rogue One is seemingly a person. That person is seemingly Jin Erso. Yeah. Why aren't you telling us about that? Like, wh- why aren't you trying to frame the story about a character who the movie is named after, rather than like they need to steal some plans? I uh, I, I think they they're trying to get halfway there with just that little smile at the end of the trailer. But yeah. I think it's going to be interesting because seemingly she is not only going to be the girl released from her quote unquote shackles to take this mission, but she's going to usurp leadership from Cassian Andor. Oh, it kind of makes no sense. They're like, which Cassian Andor to me is a cheesier name. Yeah. That's bad so. name. yeah. Cassian Andor is definitely like a star Wars EU type of name. Yeah. Well, they're all are. Let's see. Where are some other good ones here? Oh but, yeah. I got some, up. uh, Bodie Rook. Bays Malbus. Bays. Sagrera. Shirit Imwi. I mean, I feel like this movie gets downgrades just for including anything from the Clone Wars. Yeah. Sagrera. K20. K20. Maybe the least offensive of the name. No, it's K2SO. Sorry. Um, Orson Krennic. There's a. He just sounds like he's running for city council in Utah. <laughs> Shirit Imwi. Uh, who's, who's Scarif? Is that a planet? Scarif is a planet, yeah. There's Jeddah, which is like the Grand Canyon planet, Bodie Rook. and then there's Scarif, which is the um, the beach planet. It does seem a little weird to me. Like I, I like the tropical visual. We haven't seen that in Star Wars, so it's kind of neat to look I at. I like the one that I saw on like Entertainment Weekly, where like that's the the stormtroopers coming out of the water in the yeah. beach. That like a long. Like like horizontal thing that that would make a great fucking poster. Well, it's it's a nice striking shot. Although I you know, I feel like a lot of the conversation about Rogue One is like this would make a good desktop background. It's like yeah, but what about the story? Yeah. Um, but it's it's a striking shot. It doesn't totally make sense to me if that is the planet that is like housing construction of the Death Star. Like, well, well, so you're Orson Krennic. You have a pretty shitty You just dog. want a beach you're, planet, yeah. You're the foreman, yeah. So basically you're going to go to outer space Hawaii. I mean, it, it <laughs> Or else seem, are you going to be of contractors and write that off, you know what I mean? And they should be like near an asteroid field, you know, like yeah. somewhere they can mine. Or if they're near a planet that they're like strip mining for resources, the planet should all be fucked up, you know? Like, yeah. it should, like it's, it's a little weird that it's like this beach paradise. Maybe they'll explain it in the movie as to it's, why that is. Instead, they've got their uh, construction workers strip mining the locals for mm-hmm. – uh, <laughs> Take care of their frustrations. <sighs> I always wonder how much is Gareth Edwards like in charge now? Probably not much at all. I think Tony Gilroy took over. Okay. Oh, and this this movie has all the hallmarks of like fifty two percent Rotten Tomato score. They mm. they started out with one bad writer, Gary Whitta, and then they traded him in for the American Pie guy. And they like traded him in like during production for Christopher McQuarrie, like, you know, like emergency rewrites. And then they went to Tony Gilroy, who basically is like taken over directing the movie and did another rewrite on it. Yeah. It, it's not going to be shocking that this movie's not very good. I mean, it doesn't have a super solid concept to begin with. And right. it's like, you know, d- hellish production. Yeah. 
And I, I, I don't know how you make this movie and try to like, to me, the only way to do this movie is to like really try to divorce yourself from typical, like fun stars movie and, and, and really go like full grit, like, and, and know that like, you're not going to appeal to everyone. I mean, is Gareth Edwards just yelling at the studio on the phone? No, it can't be fun. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Like, it's a movie where they're most likely, most if not all, the cast is going to get killed by the Empire I, uh, at the end. I want, I want, uh, I want Tom Cruise's executive from uh, Tropic Thunder just to be like, "Who's his assistant? You punch him in the face." Yeah. Well, like they want this to be the gritty Saving Private Ryan of Star Wars, and it's like you can't do that and also make it a fun, family-friendly Star Wars movie. You just can't. Which is usually why it's this kind of thing is better left to like books or video games because then you can you can flex a little without having to worry about you know making that billion dollar box office that you're so hoping for. My first thought when someone really like with their eyes lit up told me, "Oh boy, I'm so excited about this Star Wars like war movie," mm-hmm. was I kept thinking like this SNL skit in my mind of like somebody's just like, "Listen, Steven Spielberg." We want to do action figures for Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. We're going to do all the main guys. We're going to do the Vin Diesel one where you can get to shoot him and he has a letter. You can do all that. But the guy at the beginning who's like he's looking for his arm that fell off and he can put it back on, like that's an action figure we want. And Spielberg just like like wincing and grimacing <laughs> throughout this whole meeting. That's what I thought of. Uh, I, Whatever. I, I hope this movie isn't terrible. I want to like this movie. I'm worried. I, I'm not loving it. It's not. It's not reigniting something in me, and 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 touching of something in the future. It's not like re- well, reigniting my nostalgia and my hope for the future. Like Force I think Awakens did. both of us are more on the storytelling side of that spectrum than the world building side, where we see the stuff like the stormtroopers coming out of the water, and it's like, oh, that's neat. But it's not like that's not like what we've personally been waiting for. We're like, let's get back to Ray and Finn. Yeah. I don't know. Or at least do like a Star Wars TV show or something. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I never like loved the whole like Star Wars underworld concept. No, no, don't do that. Do do fucking Rogue Squadron. It's oh my god, it's such an easy concept to do. Yeah. And just have it be the Rave Squadron books that you love so much. I think you you take stuff from all those books and you, you know, you adapt it. You find what works and throw out what doesn't for a TV show and you have fun with it. Yeah. I guess when I imagine stealing the Death Star plans, I don't imagine Mon Mothma just like assigning a mission to someone, let alone like this person who might have been in jail or the brig or something. Like it doesn't totally make sense to me. Yeah. Like, do they? It's not clear how much they know about the Death Star before they sign the mission, I guess. Like, is it going to be a surprise when they figure out what this weapon is, or do they already know it's a planet killer? Mon Moth was just like, well, you blatantly like just failed the, the background check, mm-hmm. like like hardcore, but uh, you are last hope. Yeah, there's no one else we can assign to this. Like, what what is it about Jin Urso that makes her Rogue One? We're still that's waiting to find that out. I mean, that's the question that Captain Kennedy had to ask. Uh, well, not J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's really not even in this trailer that much. I just it. don't find I don't find Diego Luna to be a, a massive presence either. He seems too 
don't know if nice is quite the right word, but yeah. I feel like a lot of his dialogue is he's just like, oh, he means well. Yeah. It's like I have I have a thick accent and bedroom eyes, and I'll follow you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much uh, are we gonna get Bail Organa too? Probably for like one scene. <laughs> Help! My turtleneck has almost completely devoured me. Uh, I'm. Weren't there like rumors they're going to cut him into uh, a New Hope? Like I have like he, a quick cutaway to him. Like I think before he Alderaan made that up. joke hmm. about he was just going to be like having tea in his garden <laughs> and then like look up as like the sun. What's went that up. shadow? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they pretty much. You know what that's going to look like as you saw that scene in uh, Force Awakens. <laughs> How how do you feel about the possibility of the Death Star destroying another planet in this movie? Do you think that is fine? Would that annoy you that Alderaan so wasn't the first planet? What would have to happen is that no one would know about it for years, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, seemingly Leia is pretty fucking high up in the hierarchy of the Rebellion. So she would have to have no idea this is even possible. Um. Because I don't think it was just like, oh, it's my planet that w- that shocked her. It was mm-hmm. that the Empire had this power. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and even worse, they were more than comfortable using it in a flippant manner. It does annoy me a little that they're kind of backfilling in all this other material. I, I wouldn't say it diminishes A New Hope, but it just makes it all a little less special. Like... When it's like, oh, Leia, remember how when you were a young teenager, you knew these two Jedis from that Rebels TV show uh-huh. who like went around wailing on ATATs with lightsabers and how like they did more impressive stuff than Luke ever did? Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, I don't know. It's annoying. So the guy who's Mon Mothma is like, dude, who I was saying, he's the guy that Tom Hanks throws off the balcony in uh, Cloud Atlas. Mm-hmm. He's got such a perfectly British name. Alistair Petrie. Nice. <laughs> Talking about the shackles. What exactly is she meeting the Saw Guerrera guy for? Like, why does she need a pep talk? <laughs> I'm going to tell you a lot of things that you already know. Oh, what is that, that whole... Uh, monologue who, who even knows that they like cut that out of the movie the one from the first Caesar like you know if you continue to fight what will you become yeah they're stealing the Death Star plans what the fuck are you on about I just want her to like the next the next thing just for her to be like hey Saw could you climb off my dick mm-hmm. could you climb right off my dick yeah no oh, Brian Johnson has a cameo in Rogue One yeah, I mean, he's just like playing a you know, does he does he get to be one of the guys who pulls the lever that like fires the thing? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I would love if like Ryan Johnson then turned to the camera and is like, just because I'm cameoing this movie does not mean I endorse it. <laughs> See episode eight next next December. This is two hundred million dollars too, damn. Chris White would it would it change your yeah Chris White would it change your opinion at all if it like if uh, Jin Urso is like Ray's mom or something? I would be like very confused. I guess I mean I, it depends on how that comes together. It would be like why did we never hear about this person for the entire original trilogy? Well, I mean, you're implying then that she might be. 
like like Luke might be the father. Yeah, 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 something um, like that. Yeah, I mean, unless there's like a, a new special edition that includes Felicity Jones. <laughs> oh, there she like, is in the background. Like, like if you just if you just panned over like one more <laughs> centimeter of screen like space, you would see like Luke is making eyes at her in the uh, <laughs> that scene in. in uh, uh, Return where they're all made generals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like an extra like you know CGI like young Luke and Han scene where Luke's just like, "Who's that?" General Solo, General Calrissian. Have you met General or so? <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's still Captain Andor. He uh he didn't make the cut. Cassian Andor. All these people are gonna die though, unless we were. I don't know how they end this movie. Like, yeah, it's like well they're all dead, but they did get the plans to the Tanta Four. And now Vader's on the chase. Yeah. Does it? I mean, does it end with the Tanta Four? Is that how it's going to go? Well, like, who? I mean, obviously they steal the plans, and we know how A New Hope starts. So, I don't know. Yeah. There's only so many ways this movie can really end. Oh, the dude from Sherlock with the weird facial hair. He's uh, he's in this movie as a mm. senator. Senator. Well, it's going to be a movie. Anderson. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I am almost more interested in the young Han Solo movie, wrong-headed though it may be, than this movie. Because I feel like that movie, if you set it far enough in the past, it can stand as its own story. Yeah. It doesn't have to connect to anything. Right. Hopefully, it's not just a bunch of fan service like, and that's why you never tell them the odds. Like, Hopefully, it's not that. <laughs> you know, but It's just like Han and Chewie have adventures that don't need to line up with, you know, another movie or anything like that. I think you could at least have fun to tell like an original story. Well, yeah, don't, don't, I don't want to know why you don't tell me the odds. I don't want to see the Kessel run. I don't want to see it. Like, do you want to see Chewie pull somebody's arm off? Yeah. Uh, Or how they, how he met Londo and how he won the Millennium Falcon in a card game. Yeah. I I mean, I guess if you're going to, like, if they're going to do a whole young Han Solo trilogy, I guess you could, you know, work those beats in, but I wouldn't want one movie that just be all like fan service. Yeah. I think you've got it with this one. <laughs> yeah. Not like that nostalgia re- rehash that The Force Awakens is. <sighs> Meanwhile, episode eight finished uh, principal photography. Yay. And like supposedly John Williams is going to see a rough cut in a couple weeks to start start working on the score. Thank God. I saw there were all these rumors like that. That story came out, and then all these rumor sites were like, "Oh, what if they move the date back to May?" And it's like that's not happening. <laughs> like they're not scoring the movie yet; they're just letting him watch a rough cut so he can like get started on his ideas to compose. Right. I uh, I have high hopes for like a new John Williams score. I mean, I didn't dislike Force Awakens, but I feel like it gets better on re-listen. I think the main thing that probably people didn't like about it is that a lot of the score is more action based uh-huh. if, if that like it's more kind of like scoring what's currently happening rather than like new themes yeah like you get Ray's theme you don't really get like a Kylo Ren theme it's not like you have like here's Finn's theme how's here's Kylo Ren's theme right. uh, it's, it's mostly just kind of like here's Star Wars music about what's happening on screen rather than like a lot of new themes well, and, and, you know, unfortunately with his age, much like Kenny Baker, mm-hmm. I feel like there is a darkness coming for us. Yeah. You know, 
John Williams. And so I, I, I listened to Force Awakens and I really enjoyed the score. And I thought, I know you've got one more great one in you. I mean, if I were Ryan Johnson, I would be like, give me some more themes. Like I'm, you know, I'm, like give me yeah. a Kylo Ren theme for this or give me a, a Finn theme. See, and seemingly, yeah, like a Kylo Ren theme would be a big deal in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I'm looking at the, who's scoring Rogue One and it's like I don't want Alexander Desplat just to go around like picking up all of the jobs that John Williams has to lay down. You know, <laughs> um, It's not that he was bad doing the Harry Potter scores, but yeah. Well, and that was the other thing that bothered me about this trailer music is that I felt like it was trying as hard as possible to be Inception while still being Star Wars music. That reminds me, I really want somebody to do, it's totally off topic, uh, a video to uh, M83's outro when mm. PLO ends. Okay. I feel like that'd be amazing. I was it. just watching the video that someone did for Inception the other day. That's why I thought of it. Sorry. Mm. That's okay. Um, there are some like other dudes in this wide shot at the end of the trailer. Like where it's like they're all in uh, uh, like a transport ship or whatever they're in. Like you see like the the turret and bays and the droid and then there's like a bunch of like other random like red shirts. So I guess we're all going to die. Right. Which confuses me more about what the hell is going on in this movie. Are you is this an, a frontal assault on a place? Or are you just trying to steal something? I don't know. Yeah. I just don't see like I mean is this is this like a straight up just like dirty dozen War thing, or like, is this supposed to be like like a touch of the A team? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wonder if it will make more sense when we see it, or if we'll just have the same questions. Then. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the way that they're 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 selling the image of the movie, I think, is great. But yeah, I think you touched on something there. They're not really pounding out the. Uh, the story per se. Like, why is this called Rogue One? I feel like uh, if if they didn't do it in this trailer before the movie comes out, they should really have a trailer that it gives you some idea of why the movie's called Rogue One. Mm, yeah. And I think by doing that, it would allow you to actually focus on a character and their story rather than just like eh, it's a bunch of rebels. They steal the Death Star plans. Anyway, I think that's about all I got for this trailer. Um, you see there's going to be Force Awakens 3D Blu-ray with like more new scenes and director's commentary. For for what now? Force Awakens. Oh, yeah? Uh, 3D Blu-ray because I hadn't put the 3D one out yet. And this one will have an actual director's commentary and supposedly some other deleted scenes. Well, that's frustrating. It is, yeah. I hear that and I think to myself, hmm, the internet. I shall pirate it. Yeah, shit. I think the internet, I shall have to get a copy of it when you pirate it. Because, <laughs> uh, goddamn. Like, I know. <laughs> God it's like you fucking knew it. that was coming, too, you know? Uh, no, like, I didn't think it was coming from this group. <laughs> yeah. I feel I like know. that's the kind of shit you do when you're Quentin Tarantino. You put but, out a new fucking commentary every couple years when you're not busy taking a year off to write the fight scenes. You know, it is funny because I feel like when when everything Star Wars was under Lucas, there was a certain amount of like, well, Lucas is the, he's, he's the author. He's, you know, the God of this universe. So whatever he says goes and you really, you know, if that's what the fucking Mandalorians are, then whatever, you know, can't really argue with it. But now that it's just a company who owns it, 
it's like, well, now we get to criticize everything, you know, because this isn't like one author's vision anymore. It's uh, a company hiring various creative people to make their own decisions. And I, I guess to me, it seems much easier to kind of pick and choose what you prefer, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you no longer have to be like, well, that that's what the author wanted it to be. It's like, no, now you're like, no, nah, that's dumb. Well, the sad thing is I uh, I was having a conversation with somebody like literally the other day and they were talking – we were talking about The Force Awakens DVD. And I was saying something like um, I haven't watched the movie in two months because I've watched it a lot mm-hmm. since it has been available to me. And I want the next one to have, have some time. Let it be special again. Not a movie that I watch every other day. Anyway, um, and they were like, oh, it's a shame that that J.J. Abrams doesn't do like commentaries. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not true. He does commentaries. Yeah. He did Mission Impossible 3. He did the first Star Trek movie. Um, and he'll do one for the Star Wars Force Awakens too. Yeah, and I just – I thought, oh, it's because, you know, it's the first one in the trilogy. There's a lot of mystery out there. It's kind of like Lost, you know, mm-hmm. where you, the commentaries were interesting, but they couldn't really say a whole fucking lot. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'll certainly want to listen to the JJ commentary. I would also like a commentary with, like, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley and maybe uh, Oscar Isaac too. Like, I, I want it all. You yeah. know, like the the reason I still buy the Game of Thrones DVDs is because they have commentary from like all the you know various cast members. And, and, I, it's, and I only it's want, need to get different perspectives. I only want a commentary from that, that ugly Adam Driver, the mailman's baby of Han Solo, if uh, <laughs> he wears the mask the whole time. That would be amazing. This uh, this scene was very uh, hard for me. I, uh, have I'm you seen the? Very, uh, actually, a very calm guy in real life. Have you seen the Kylo Ren reacts uh, videos they do? Oh, no, no, yeah, I keep reading the headline. There's there's a good one of him watching the Rogue One trailer. Yeah. Does he start smashing things up? Yeah, I think that's like how they all end, yeah. Like all of his reacts videos, he smashes things up at the end. I just, I look at this and I think, that's not the Star Wars I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's not right. Uh, where's my lightsaber? <laughs> oh, gosh, I hope, I hope he wears the mask the same amount of time in uh, Episode 8. I wonder if he will. I mean, he's going to have a scar now. Yeah. Does he get it? Like, does he redesign his mask, or does <laughs> it use the same mask? It uh, it turned out I couldn't fit my my big ass nose in this mask really before. Does he, it's not comfortable. So, uh, like, does he add some like extra chrome to it, or you know, maybe like some gold highlights? You know, it would be really badass some uh, some chrome or some gold highlights. Also, I need to get more human ash. House, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we've uh, talked about everything we could possibly talk about with Rogue One. Uh, what, what do you mean, Kenny Baker's dad? I uh, that makes me so angry. I just heard this for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're done here. Yeah. Spoiler alert: They steal the Death Star plans. Yeah. No boffins died. Oh my God! I they I get a little bit more filled with rage every single time I see somebody make a stupid Bothans joke. Yeah. Yeah. That's just kind of Star Wars hand I am. There you go. All right. Well, I suppose we'll probably be back. I mean, we're not going to like talk about rebels or anything, but we'll be back. I'm guessing they put out another one of these and just how like incessantly mediocre it is. Oh, I would just love to just sit there and listen to that. Yeah. Maybe Mm -hmm. we should do that episode. Nobody wants to listen to that. (laughs) <laughs> what if our only listener is Dave Filoni? Here's a detail about Dave Filoni that may or may not interest you. He always wears a cowboy hat. 
just know that he, whenever he does an interview, whenever he makes a fan appearance, or he does anything, he's always got this big dorky cowboy hat on. So, uh, Ryan, I want to add a couple things to my mask. I want to add some chrome and some gold highlights because that's badass. Also, uh, Stetson. I need to be wearing mm-hmm. a Stetson from now on. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, yeah, shit. maybe October they'll put another trailer out or something. I mean, I don't think we're getting an episode eight trailer till December at the earliest, if that. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Until then, may the force be with you. Always. Always.